Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. We thank you that you're trustworthy. There's times when we just feel like we've got to do it ourselves, right? But Jesus, no, we trust into you. We trust into you, Jesus, because you are trustworthy. We literally step into you and we just trust you. Thank you that you're good. Thank you that you're kind. Thank you that you're loving. Thank you that when we mess up, we don't have to hide in the bushes, naked and afraid like Adam and Eve. But you call us out and you say, come to me. It's okay. I love you. I died for you. So, Father, we come to you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we are talking on prayer this morning. And we're breaking it up. She's going to do a part, and then I'm going to do a part. She's going to do a part. I'm going to close, and then we run. Mark has a part. But you all stay. We're running. So, But Mark has an awesome part as well. So, Shan, take it. So I just feel honored to speak about prayer this morning. It's pretty weighty. There's a lot, a lot you can say about prayer. And when, um, when we first started thinking about it, I, I just, I started praying more, really, what I did. I was like, okay, what do you, like, what is, what's the most important thing that you want to say about prayer to our people today and to myself? And I think that we probably, if you've ever prayed for something that you wanted really a lot in your life, you probably have had the thought, if prayer even matters, or like, why am I bothering if it doesn't work out? And so as I started to think about prayer, I, I had some of those thoughts, like, like, is it even worth it? Like, we pray for things, like, we, we believe for things, and it sometimes just doesn't work out like we thought it was going to, or it's harder than we thought, or, and so I just say that because I think if you've ever prayed, you've had that thought, like, why bother? Is it worth it? But I think it is. And the more that I, I've i prayed and the more that I've looked at my belief system about prayer, um, my heart has changed. And I'm excited about prayer. And I think from the very beginning for Luke and I, like prayer, we grew up like where prayer was pretty normal in our families. Um, but I remember when my children were little, like really having this thing in me that wanted my kids to like have prayer as their first response, their first, um, their default when something bad happened, when something good happened, when they needed wisdom. And so I remember from like really little, like when Reagan was really little and just as my kids, um, you know, grew up that I would try just in my home to like make prayer normal so that like if I 
was in the middle of a really stressful situation, and I had no clue, like, how to discipline or how to, you know, go from where we were, I would just, like, say Jesus' name because it says at the mention of his name, things change. And so I just remember even in my parenting when my kids were little, just, like, being like, Jesus, like, help us, you know, and and we still do that. <laughs> we're still very much doing that. Um, but, but I've been, it's been so exciting to like see my kids, like to pray, like to hear them pray. Ava, a lot of times at night we tuck her in first. And so, and we're right across the hall from her and she like often, I hear her making these little murmuring sounds, you know, and in the morning she would be like, mom, did you hear me praying? I was talking to God about this thing. And so that just like, is like, ah, yes, because prayer is like so relational and, and it gets, it gets us to the Father's heart. So um, this is a quote I read somewhere. It said, prayer adds an element of surprise to our life that is more fun than a surprise party or a surprise gift or a surprise romance. In fact, prayer turns our lives into parties and gifts and romances. Um, and so for me, one of the first things that I need to know and believe if I'm going to be successful in my prayer life is that God loves me. And that he's for me. And I think we can't get any closer to God than our perception of him allows us to. And so it's really important um, that our concept and our perception of him is correct. And what we believe about God will directly affect our prayer life. If we believe that he's angry with us or he's far away, that's going to be so reflected in our prayer lives. Um, It's really difficult to be motivated to pray to somebody who you feel like is already angry with you or who's, like, far away. Um, So our belief about who God is really, really matters when it comes to our prayer life. Um, We need to believe that God is always good and he's always for us and we're always loved. Um, Ray Anderson says, Prayer is not a means of removing the unknown and unpredictable elements in our lives, but rather a way of including the unknown and the unpredictable in the outworking of the grace of God in our lives. And who we become is determined in part by how we pray. Ultimately, the transcript of our prayers becomes the script of our lives. So the foundational part um, of prayer, a lot of times it's natural And we're not even sure how to get out of it. But we just sort of stay in this where it's sort of just in our mind. Like it's just, it feels like it's just right here. But before we jump into Matthew 6, I just want to say that prayer is a two-way street. In two weeks, if Mark, after this, is like, okay, we might let you do this again. But we're supposed to be talking on the prophetic. And we're going to be explaining, um, diving into that. And so this sort of piggybacks with that. Along with next week, Bill and Mary Lee will be speaking on hearing God's voice. So it's all the same. They, they both intertwine. So what I want to say with that is there's this part in our mind that just for a moment 
do this with me, and I'm sure Bill and Mary Lee will do this next week, but you can sing happy birthday in your mind without saying a word. Did you just do it? Huh? Okay, good job. Great. So what that is, is that's the innermost parts of our mind, and that's a lot of times where we hear the Father speak. It's these thoughts. And so it's super important that we dive into that part of our brain, our, that part of our innermost being, and we speak with, and that's what this prayer is talking about. That's what Shan is talking about when she said, first of all, you have to know that he's for you, and then you can dive into that. It changes you. So Matthew 6, and when Shan said we grew up with prayer, I grew up in a very conservative church, and we said this every Sunday. We, they would, someone would up here, they had a whole row of um, working preachers, and one would pray, and they would always finish up with the Lord's Prayer. And so we would all say the Lord's Prayer out loud every Sunday. Well, it was just a routine, and it was down here on level one, but it, it is meant to be up here on, in, in the third heavens, right? Like this. And I'm not saying everyone down there was on level one, but you could just tell it was sort of a chant, so to speak. Anyways, Matthew 6, 6 through 15. Our Father, which art in heaven, or our Father in heaven. I went King James on you there. That was a blast from the past. Hallowed be your name. When you hear that, what do you think? That's crazy. We don't think about it, do we? But the word hallowed means set apart. It means to sanctify. So what we're doing is we're taking His name, Yahweh, and we're just taking a moment, we're stepping out of the light, and we're just saying, hallowed be your name. You are set apart. We lift you up on high. We surrender to who you are. So we hollow His name. There is a praise, a thanksgiving, and a worship in that. The praise. One of the de definitions of praise means to prize. To put value to. That's what when we, when, like Mark said last Sunday, when we praise and worship, we are placing value to someone. So whatever you worship, you place value to. If you worship money, then money's the most important. You're placing value there. If you worship sports, now sports is the most important, you place value there. It doesn't matter what it is, you can put that, it could be food, where you place value there. It could be. Maybe. <laughs> so, hallowed be your name. We're, we're now setting apart and we're placing value up there in praise. One of the things that I, that I loved that as I was thinking about praise, 
is one thing in praise that we can do is we can like mentally gather all of the facts we know about God and we can put them together and we can, we can sing them. We can praise them. And when we remember and name the things that God has already done for us in our past, whether he's been our healer or we've known him as our provider or our rescue or he's been faithful in areas we can name those things, and not only does it create a place to praise him, but it creates a space for him to do it again. And then because of that, we can jump into Thanksgiving. Because we're thankful for that, right? And so, so often in the Bible, Thanksgiving precedes Miracles. How many of us know that God is still a miracle-working God? See, John and Jeannie have a testimony of that. They're, they're burning right now. I see it. Like I have a miracle. God did this not so long ago. And so, Thanksgiving proceeds the miracle. How many of you want a miracle? You have something going on in your life... I need a miracle. God is a miracle-working God. It says He's the same as He was yesterday. He'll be the same tomorrow too, right? He doesn't change. So if He does, if He did miracles, He's doing miracles. If He talked, He's still talking. He doesn't change. So if you need a miracle, I would say start with Thanksgiving. Thank Him for the miracle that you need. In Matthew fourteen nineteen, it says, He gave thanks and broke bread. What happened after He gave thanks and broke bread? Remember He set everyone down in little groups? What was the miracle? Out of um, how many fish do we have? We had two fish and five loaves. Boom. We feed thousands. What happened... Before Lazarus, Lazarus breathed again. In John eleven forty one, he says, "Father, I thank you that you heard me." That was preceding Lazarus coming back. So Thanksgiving precedes worship. We talked about this. Mark talked about this last Sunday. What happened before the walls of Jericho fell as they marched around? They were worshiping. So if you need some walls to fall down, what do we do? We worship. We give thanks. We praise. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one from Jericho came in or out. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I delivered Jericho into your hands. He didn't say, I will deliver them. He says, I delivered them. It's already done. The battle was won before the battle started. 
actually, the battle was won when they stepped into faith and believed it. It takes, it takes an action on our part of us stepping into. The second one that I'm going to share is the next portion of that prayer is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is probably our favorite. Yeah, our favorite. Do we walk it out well? Maybe, probably not as well as we should. But to have this a part of our life, believing that heaven isn't just for when we die, it's for now. We can live a victorious life now. We can be powerful and bold in the Holy Spirit now. John 5.19 says this. I'm just going to read it here. They were trying to kill him because he said some mean things to them. They didn't like it. And Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He can only do what He sees the Father doing because what the Father does, the Son is also going to do. So there's this aspect of Jesus having this two-way communication with the Father in Heaven. And He's only doing what He sees the Father doing and he only is saying what he hears the Father saying. My question to you is, who are we to be like? Jesus. We're called to be like Christ, right? So if Jesus is only doing and saying what the Father in Heaven is doing, how does He get there? It's through this two-way street of prayer, right? It's praying and hearing His voice over us. It's an, it's an active... It's a verb. This prayer is actually a verb. It's not, it's not a thing. It's not a noun. It's an action. Yeah, I just think this piece is... This part of the prayer is a lot about our identity, who we are in Christ and who He is in us. And when we know who we are and what we can... Um, what we can do in him, we can pray with more authority and boldness than without that. And um, if our prayers are not impossible or scary to us, they're probably not big enough for God because he's not, he's not afraid of our big prayers. He's not afraid of our dreams that are bigger than we are. And, um, I feel like this is the place, too, where we need to learn to declare on earth what's already been done in heaven. And we're called to bring the kingdom to earth. So standing and believing and praying for big things sometimes looks a lot like an exercise in foolishness to some people. Um, but it's really faith. And faith, I think there's part of faith that is willing to look foolish 
um, think about Noah and how he built the ark and all of that. And I think, I think sometimes we just have to be willing to like step into that with faith and say, well, we might look a little foolish with believing for this thing, but it's, it doesn't offend God for us to think and pray big. Um, and the more specific, one thing that I've, I've learned is the more specific that our prayers are, the more specific our answers are going to be. You know, if you just pray these general prayers that you throw up, like, oh, God, bless our family, you know, whatever, you can say that he blessed you. But if you specifically say, God, I need you in this very specific place to meet us. I need, I need this in our family. And then he shows up and does it. It's like it's way more to celebrate because you prayed exactly for that thing and, you, and he answered so the more the more specific we are, the more specific our prayers will be answered. Um, and a lot of times, too, um, I think sometimes we don't even know what we want when we're asking in prayer. You know, we're kind of throwing these prayers up. But but when when we ask specifically for something we want, um, then even a lot of times after that, we give up too soon. We give up too easy. And we quit, we quit praying too soon. And so often, I think when we give up and stop praying, it might have been that next prayer that would have brought the miracle. And so we need to stay in a place of tenacity, and we need to believe for things and not give up. Um, one of the things that, that I love about this part, it, it reminds me of just declaring declaring things that are not as if they were until they are. And so about a year ago, a little bit, I guess almost two years ago, um, Luke and I just kind of had this start of a dream to sell our farmhouse and move to the lake. And it was just kind of a dream that we started talking about, and we started looking around. And I just, I felt in the inside of my spirit, like, yep, this is, this is it. This is what we want to do. And so I just begin to pray, God, you, you know the details, you know, you know the number that I need out of my farmhouse, and you know the, the number that I'm willing to pay for a house on the lake. And you, that's, not big, that's not too big for you. And so we, we put our house up for sale, and, you know, through a long process of some people looking at it, being interested, not interested, all that. And I just, I just kept feeling like, just stay with it. It's not, you know. But we, we started uh, looking at lakes around here, and we kind of zoned in on Paradise, and we were like, this is the lake we want to be on. And so there was a place for sale there, and we, we drove back this long lane, and we were both like, this is it. This is, this is the place we want. It's ugly, but it's it. <laughs> Our kids say, people ask them, where do you live on Paradise? And they're like, it's the ugly house. <laughs> Um, so, but, but it had land. So there were three things when we started to look for a place on the lake that I said, there's three things I need. I need a big enough yard to throw a football for my boys. My kids need a big enough of a hill to put a water slide down to the lake. And I need a big enough flat space down by the lake to build something. If I ever want to build down there a pavilion or a kitchen or whatever. That's like nearly impossible to find all three of those. And so we found this place. We were like, yes, we want this place. They were asking a certain price. We made an offer. And after we made the offer, they jacked the price up. They were like, they didn't even respond to our offer. They just, a couple days later, put the price up. And so we're like, okay, whatever. 
but I wanted this place. And so every single time that I went near Paradise Lake, I drove in that lane and I said, this is going to be our house. This is our land. And it is. (laughs) And there's land, there's seven acres, almost eight acres, there is eight acres beside us going in our lane that almost as soon as I started to pray for the one and a half acres, I was like, that also is going to be my land because we just need that land. It has a, a little strip down by our house that we can add to our lake frontage. And we have other dreams that this land is for. And so before we even purchased our land, I just started praying, this is our land too, God. This is our land. And last week we signed a purchase agreement on eight acres beside us. So I like to declare things. And even as simple as in our marriage or in our children, there's so many times where things are just, they're just not right. You're at odds with each other. There's conflict. And I will just, on the way to school, often on the way to school, I just start declaring, God, this is a good day. We are fun to be with. We have what it takes to get through today. And all these things are in our marriage, um, you know, like standing when things are kind of rocky between us, (laughs) which happened not too long ago. (laughs) You just get in this cycle, and all of a sudden one morning I woke up and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I just just out loud, my feet hit the ground when I got up in the morning. I was like, okay. Not today, devil. Uh Uh-uh. And I just begin to pray, like, God, this is a house where your presence abides. Like, it's not between Luke and I. This, This isn't going down in my house. And you just start to take authority. And, like, within minutes, I was like, oh, okay, we're going to be okay. And so just declaring who we are and who God is and that we have authority to say, this is not happening in my house on my watch. It's just not. And so what goes with that, in Ephesians 6, verse 12, it says, For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So I don't know the battle that you're facing. I don't know what it is. I don't know who you think it's with, but it's really not with them. And I can say the battle that our nation is going through, it is not with flesh and blood, friends. This is a spiritual warfare. It's light and darkness. There's there's an attack. And so I want to encourage you, when you pray, to pray in the third heavens of spiritual warfare. Don't pray. So, Shad, don't pray. Gosh, I wish Luke would really just be happy. He has to deal with me all the time. No, maybe there's a, it's, it's a spiritual warfare. It's, I rebuke those demonic, whatever it is that he's angry about. Whatever it is. You know what I mean? So, so when you pray, don't, don't put your focus on your partner or whoever you're mad at. Father, what's going on in the spirit world? We better move on. Sorry, Mark. Um, the next one is, give us this day our daily bread. This simply means, thank you today for what I have. 
It's a simple prayer of thanksgiving, which precedes what? The miracle, the breakthrough. But thank you. In Matthew 6, 31, I mean, we all know this, so it's not like it's... Um, anything new, but it's so, so powerful. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God. That seeking is a prayer life. So as we seek the Father, everything else is added. Thanksgiving. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is another that's very near and dear to my heart. What it's saying is, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So the level that you're willing to forgive, forgiveness is given. So if you're going to run around angry and mad... People are going to run around angry and mad at you as well. The level you're willing to forgive and forget, and I don't know, I guess I shouldn't say forget, but forgive and let go will be the level that you receive that same forgiveness. That is a great answer for couples in marriage. Amen. Amen. I mean, that right there, that can save a lot of marriages right there. And one thing, too, to remember in forgiveness is not only it's an everyday issue between God and us, but it's also between us and others. And just because you forgive someone doesn't make them right. And it doesn't mean you have to be friends with them. But it does free you. Because forgiveness is what? The poison we drink hoping someone else dies. So anyways. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is about guidance and protection. The Father will guide us. It says in Psalms 119.105 is that His... his um, yeah, okay. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. He will guide us. He will lead us. In John 10.28, this one is highly valuable. I'm going to take a moment and go there. 10.28 and 29. I'm going to start at verse 25 real quick. I Did I tell you, but you did not believe. The works I do in my Father, my Father's name, testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Okay? 
No one will snatch them out of My hand. My Father who has given them to Me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of My Father's hands. Here is safety. That's His protection. There's another verse that says that the righteous, that the Father is a strong tower, the righteous run in, and they are safe. And the last portion is, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. This is declaring there is one kingdom, one power, and one glory. In Psalms 89, Lamb says the heavens and the earth are His. People think they're owning things. No one owns anything. It's all His. So, here, we're go- we started, hallowed be Your name. We're setting Him apart. Sanctify His name. We're, it's, it's, a, it's a place of surrender, submission. We're coming back around at the end of the prayer, and once again, we're surrendering and submit. We hate that word submitting, but we submit to the Father. We bow down before Him. Yeah, so just in closing, um, there are higher heights and deeper depths in prayer, and God really wants to take you there. He wants you to take, take you places that you've probably never been before. There's new dialects. There's new dimensions. But if you want God to do something new in your life, you cannot keep doing the same thing you've been doing. And it will involve more sacrifice. But if you're willing to go there, you'll realize that you didn't sacrifice anything at all. And it will involve more risk. But if you're willing to go there, you'll realize you didn't risk anything at all. So make the sacrifice, take the risk, and pray the prayers. Wow, guys, that was so good. We are, uh, this, this whole month, we are, it's called Practicing the Presence. We're going to teach on something and then put it into practice. And I'm sensing, like, man, we could just be done right here. But i got to talk for just a minute. <laughs> And I know you guys are sensing, man. We just want to hear from Mark. Um, so real quick. <laughs> so uh, in a moment, we're going to be doing an activation. But as we're talking about, as the, the Wagners and I were talking about what to talk about today, or this month, we were talking about prayer. And I was like, man, I want to talk about tongues. We were talking about things that we as a church value and that we don't talk about a ton on, on Sunday mornings. And we want to step into some of these things and give us opportunity to step into them. So I did a much longer teaching on tongues in June of 2019. So you can get on our website and uh, listen to, to that again. These are kind of the, the greatest hits of, of that sermon. Uh, and, and so basically what I want to say is that, that, whole, uh, that tongues is a, is a Holy Spirit-enabled prayer and praise language that is a sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Not the sign, it is a sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we see this in the book of Acts. I'll let you read Acts 2, Acts 19, and some other places in there. Uh, The value of tongues is that it edifies us. uh, 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. 
Right? And this is the only thing in the Bible that says that we participate in our own edification. Right? We edify others. God edifies us. Like, that's great. But there's something about tongues that self-edifies. And so that word, it also can, can need to build up, to strengthen, to, to make more able. Right? And so in our prayers, right, we can kind of go into the prayer gym to strengthen ourselves right, to get us ready for you know, what's coming next. So uh, speaking in tongues, praying in tongues edifies us, and it helps us to pray. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says, I will pray with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my understanding. So what is Paul talking about there? Like there's apparently some prayers that we get. You know, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer. We understand that. We understand it much better now, thanks to the Wagners. Uh, But we also are going to pray somehow without understanding. And that, I believe, is you can uh, do that through praying in, in tongues. Paul talks about that in Romans Eight as well, right? There's this reality that sometimes we just don't know what to pray for like we ought, right? And so we can just pray in tongues and trust that God is, uh, hears our prayers, right? And he can interpret them accurately, right? And so we just, um, can, it's just a powerful thing. I know I'm going very quickly here. I want to read one quote from a great scholar by the name of John, uh, J. Rodman Williams, Uh, And he's a charismatic scholar, and he says, One speaks as the Holy Spirit gives him or her the ability to speak out. There is no sense of compulsion or coercion. Right? It's not like the Holy Spirit takes over and you have lost control. Right? It is a partnership. Um, He he goes on, the, The Holy Spirit does not assume control, thereby forcing this speech to occur. There is no divine seizure. Rather, the person freely does the speaking, and the Holy Spirit graciously provides the language. Right? And so it's a partnership with the Holy Spirit. And kind of the way that I started uh, praying in tongues is, we don't talk about it a ton here, but when I got, when I got saved 25 years ago at Redemption Christian Assembly, it was a pretty big deal. And so I was like, oh, man, what's going on? And I wanted to, to partner with it. And, and, and the, what I did was I would stand next to Pastor Cameron, and I would just listen to what, what Cameron was doing, and I would just mimic him. Right? And it's just like for a while I felt like, oh, that doesn't count. Right? That's not what am I doing? I'm just making things up. Uh, but I would just kind of mimic Cameron. But at one point something happened. Something shifted in my spirit and like I don't even know how to explain it. It's just I began praying in tongues. I began partnering with, with the Holy Spirit. And now I can pray in tongues. I'm walking around uh, anywhere. And I can, I, can, I can pray in tongues. And it's great. It's edifying. It's a good thing to do. Uh, and so the way that you pursue it is believe that it's available and that it is good. If you are not there yet, if you don't believe that it's available and you don't think it's good, I encourage you to search the scriptures and ask the Lord, what are you saying about this? And once you decide that it is good and it is available, ask the Holy Spirit for it. Ask God for this gift. Paul in 1 Corinthians says, I wish that you all spoke in tongues. So I think it's available for all of us. Uh, And then we receive prayer for the filling uh, of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues. And then we just cooperate with them and just just go for it. And so I am going to have the Wagners come up. So we're going to have two activations today. The first one...
is if you want to receive prayer for uh, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit and speaking with tongues, we are happy to do that. All right? I'm going to be up over here, happy to pray with you, and Shanna is going to tell us about the other practice. So let's just all, can I just do it right now? Okay. So let's just all close our eyes for a minute here. So um, prayer and imagination are directly proportional. The more that you pray, the bigger your imagination becomes because the Holy Spirit supersizes it with God-sized dreams. So I just want you to think about, pick, pick a prayer that you've been praying one that's bigger than you and your ability to do it. It might be really spiritual, like a salvation of your child or a friend or a marriage that's in trouble. It might be a breakthrough for your own personal life that you need. It could be a dream that you can't shake, land you want to own, a business you want to start, a ministry you want to be involved in. Maybe it's a physical need, a healing for you or a loved one. It's a new car that you need or a house or a job or finances. Just name that, name that thing right now. And I just want you to pray it. I want you to take it to the Father who owns everything anyway and ask him for it. Thank him for what he's going to do and how he's going to show up for you. Because a lot of times prayer isn't as much about quantity as it is about quality and intensity So come believing, come standing, come from a place of being seated in Christ in heavenly places. Come from the place as a son and a daughter whose dad gives good gifts and who's delighted and sings over you. He's so proud of you when you come in faith. A lot of times what I do in this moment is I just take that thing and I picture it in my hands, that prayer like in a box or something, and I just lay it at the feet of Jesus. And I say, Jesus, here it is. Here's this prayer. Here's my heart. What are you saying over that prayer? What are you saying over that need? And just listen in that little voice in your head. Just listen to him speak to them. As we're praying, it says to pray without ceasing. That means don't give up. It doesn't mean you have to spend eight hours on your knees, though that might be good. But as you walk throughout your day, you just keep bringing that to King Jesus. You say, Jesus, here it is again. Maybe you feel anxious in your spirit. Jesus, here it is again. I just lay it right back down to your feet. And I say, King Jesus, what are you speaking over this? What is your heart in this? Friends, don't give up. Don't say a three-minute prayer and walk away forever. Because to the Father, it looks like you don't care. Dig in. Pursue it. 
Father, thank You that You care about our heart. You created our emotions. You created all this. It's good. You said it was good. And so we just come to You. We thank You that You're approachable. Thank You that the veil has been torn. That we can now enter into the holiest of holies. You're not embarrassed by our prayer. You're not mortified by our prayer or shocked by our prayer. Your delight, you sing over us. You delight in us. So Lord, we just, once again, we drop whatever that prayer is, we just drop it off at your feet. Thank you for caring for us. Father, I I just ask that you would bless every family, every child, everyone that's here this morning. Holy Spirit, that you would send your angels, your ministering angels right now and minister to each, each person, each family, each child in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that your favor go before us this week. That your favor would precede us, would go before us and open doors. And that hope and joy is the wake we leave. In Jesus' name, amen. And Mark's here.